0: Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace, my co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to today's show on Exploring the Marketplace. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, my co-host, Bob Hassan. Bob, who's on today?
1: Sean, we have Adam Cooney, He's the CEO of Cooney Trucking in Canada. And he's so interesting because he he came from this third, he's a third generation business owner. Wow. And uh, but he had this crazy ministry background. He went to Brownsville during the revival. He's been in the Philippines and Mexico on the mission field. And you know, he he sort of, it seems like he fought kind of the the call to the family business. So he went back and forth, and we're going to hear his story today. And I think you're just going to love it.
0: Oh, it's so interesting. Well, listen to Adam Cooney up next. Bob, you and I are passionate about people in the marketplace being equipped to hear God's voice. And so we put together a book. Tell us about it.
1: It's called Wired to Hear. And... 99% of us are out in the marketplace. We're not in the professional vocational ministry. And this book is for you if you want to learn how to hear God in the marketplace.
0: And it's very practical, but it's also very in-depth and spiritual with actionable steps, great chapters about defining your process when you're trying to hear God's voice. And I just think with the expertise of my coaching and Bob's long-term career and advice giving you're going to feel the both of us together something synergized that's really beautiful and it's just for you get wired to hear at bullsministries.com and you're also going to get a free teaching series only available if you buy it from us at bullsministries.com with business leaders just like you who are sharing their process of hearing god's voice how they are wired to hear and it's going to so help you as bob and i navigate these conversations they're going to bring the book home into your everyday practice get your book today
1: Welcome back. We're here with Adam Cooney. Adam, welcome. We're so happy to have
0: you. Thank you. Well, this is exciting. I mean, we got to talk to you. You've been in the trucking business. Basically, it sounds like almost your whole life. It's a family business. And you also have some really cool God stories in the midst of that for the business, but also where God took you and your wife or where you ended up meeting your wife. So let's go back to the beginning as far as how did you really meet Jesus and how did he affect your career?
2: Yeah. So. My grandfather started our trucking company in 1945. Uh, He was 16 years old with one truck. Uh, And that truck grew to two and three and five and eventually more and more. Um, I was born in 76, so I was born into the business. Uh, My earliest memories of working in the business were seven, eight years old, washing floors and cleaning bathrooms and washing trucks. Um, I wasn't raised in church and so I, At 20, I moved away, went to college, uh, and in the middle of that, found myself having a God encounter, which I didn't understand at the time was the Lord. Uh, I was, you know, full transparency into into some bad stuff. And uh, as I was going to bed late one night, I know now it was the Holy Spirit, but I heard I heard a voice, I felt something inside of me saying, if, if you were to die tonight, you'd go to hell. Wow. I knew there was a heaven, I knew there was a hell, wow. I knew God had a son named Jesus, but that's all I knew. So uh, I kind of woke up from that with this sense of, huh, I kind of feel like I probably should do something with my life. So fast forward, moved home, my mother and my sister had just started going to the local Pentecostal church here in town, and they gave their lives to the Lord. And over a the next few months, they pushed and prodded and tried to get me into church, and I, you know, gave them every excuse of not owning a suit and not being able to go, and of course I was either drunk or hungover or something every weekend. So um, that led—eventually I did go to church, and, um, you know, the rest is, is history, so to speak, but to speak to moving away, um, I was about two years old in the Lord in 1997-98, <laughs> And some friends had just gotten back from the Brownsville revival in Pensacola, Florida. And if you remember, in the mid to late '90s, that was a, a big revival at yeah. uh, Brownsville Assembly of God. So they had this pamphlet. They showed me the pamphlet for the school, and I just felt, I just felt in my heart that I wanted to know more about the Lord. I wanted to to learn about Him, learn about the Word. I didn't really put two and two together that that you know I wanted to go into the ministry or be a minister. So. I moved to Pensacola, left the business. Uh, that was tough on my dad and my, my family. I was 22 or three, uh single. So I went to school down there, met my wife, Nikki, who's from uh, Texas. Nice. San Antonio area. Bounced around the world in the Air Force and, and landed in San Antonio her uh, teenage years. So it, we had met there, did the two-year program, ended up getting married. Uh, did some mission trips in between Mexico, went to Africa a few times. Uh, was feeling led that we were actually going to move to West Africa as missionaries. Oh wow! Um, God closed that door right around the time of graduation. And I'm glad he did, because about a year after that, a lot of civil war and unrest was breaking in West Africa at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, you know, 20 plus years ago. So, yeah, we moved, we moved back to my home here in, in Belleville, Ontario, and jumped back into the family business. Uh, felt at the time that the Lord was leading us to do that. Didn't necessarily want to do that. I, I, mm-hmm. I had it in my heart to go into the ministry, you know, missionary, mm-hmm. you know, machete in one hand, Bible in the other, just going <laughs> through the <this> jungle. <dumple. laughs> right. You know, it didn't help that I would, had spent a month with uh, David Hogan and his team in Mexico <laughs> in yeah. the middle of night. You're ruined so at
0: that point. You that, can't do normal at that point. That
2: was—I'm sure you guys know that name, especially because he, yeah. he runs through the Bethel Circle a little bit. So I did spend uh, the better part of a month with Hogan and some of his guys. I will uh, say it's
0: for our listeners, because a lot of our listeners wouldn't know who he is. Just the fact that he's probably the most radical Christian who I've ever met, and he will go to the hardest places, specifically in Mexico. And they've seen miracles like no other ministry that's been reported in our generation. I don't know anyone else who's seen these miracles, but he is hardcore. He reminds me of like a dog, the bounty hunter, kind of biker kind of guy who will say anything to anybody. It doesn't matter if they're a gang member or it doesn't matter. He will just give the toughest love possible, but it does come from love. So it's funny that you were there because usually people who go get around him are kind of just Ruined to do that kind of ministry for the rest of their life.
2: Yeah. And that was kind of my outlook on it. I, I, I had it in my head at the time uh, that that was missions. And so I was all in, but uh, you know, God had other plans and uh, here we are. So wow.
1: well, once you, once you got back from Pensacola and the missions experience and you were married and you settled in, you know, back with your dad, uh, what was that like? You came back and said, Hey dad, I, I want to come back to the family business and what?
2: It was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was tough. I was in my early 20s, newly married, uh, brought a wife up from, you know, Texas into into the far north. And, uh, you know, our winners aren't necessarily the best uh not gonna lie it was tough uh i'd been saved at that point about four years but you know you're really still a baby christian in that stage of life even though you've got a a bible college degree under your belt uh you have a lot of head knowledge you don't necessarily have a lot of experience Mm -hmm. and so i found myself just learning on the go i hit a lot of walls uh didn't have the best relationship with my dad uh, Mm -hmm. in those early years. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot of feeling of loneliness. Um, I found uh, the enemy creeping in with, uh, you know, just old familiarity, right? Just stuff that was a part of my past was knocking on its door again. And so you're, you're married, you're having kids, you're working, you know, at the time I was working, 70 plus hours a week wow. in the dispatch and working with the team and and driving on and off I, I was driving a truck back then too so hard i think that's the answer hard
0: yeah what Did was the you- turning point
2: um the turning point was unfortunately uh, about five years into our marriage um my wife was saying you know what i'm not so sure i can do this anymore We've got two babies. Uh, all you do is work. Uh, your prayer life's in the toilet. Uh, your time in the Word is not what it used to be, and you're not the guy I married from Bible school. So wow. there were some some really tough days, um, but that's a part of my story, and that's a part of my testimony because we're we're a long ways away from that. I, I could
1: I can imagine you know you go through these seasons where you're building something, you're building the family business you'd already, you'd left your dad once to go, you know, to Bible college. And I'm sure he, like you said, he wasn't happy. And then you came back, which, which he, I'm sure on one hand was excited, but on the other hand was like, well, what's, what's Adam going to do next? Yeah. Yeah. And so you have that relationship and then you're trying to prove yourself and your marriages comes into this place. And I think one of the things that I love about this story is the perseverance and the resilience that you have. To when your wife told you these things, I'm sure it wasn't easy, but you made a choice. You made a choice for your wife and you made a choice for the family business. And can you talk a little bit about what that was like in your heart?
2: Yeah, so the the choice actually uh, came in the form of uh, moving away again and joining uh, one of my best friends who's a full-time missionary in the Philippines in uh, the city of Davao on the island of Mindanao. So, make a very long story short, um, a, a door had opened for us to move there. We, we went to school together. He was in my wedding. So, you know, the relationship was there. Um, just a dear brother in the Lord, lifelong friend. And so uh, we moved to the Philippines. We, uh, we wanted to be in the field, we wanted to do, be doing the work of the Lord. You know, there was a, in part, I can see now looking back in part, uh, I was you know, running from maybe some responsibilities, maybe saying, hey, you know, God's allowing us to go to the Philippines. Let, let's jump on this ship and get out of here. <laughs> um, but thank goodness for his grace, because his grace just covered all that. And. You know, there was the means to go. There was the blessing to go. Uh, I sat down, talked to my my dad, my family. They didn't understand any of it, but they knew they weren't about to keep me. So we did. In oh7 uh, we had left the business, uh, this time as a family, and my second time leaving and, and moved, moved there. Uh, we spent about two years there. We're very happy there. We're involved in uh, some church planning, the Bible school there. Um, doing a little bit of traveling around Asia with with the team there. Um, So it was very, very fruitful and very good. Uh, I don't think we have the time today to get into how I ended up coming back. But, uh, you know, I did call my dad one day when I was in Tokyo, uh, ministering there, and, and, uh, you know, he was struggling with some labor issues, so to speak, here. We're unionized. Our drivers unionized. (laughs) <laughs> I just felt I just felt a prompt in my heart just to to say you know Dad, I'm broke I got no money but we're willing to come back and help uh, if you'll fly us home we'll come and we'll help and uh, we did and once we were back here uh, the Lord was making it very clear um, that we were to we were to stay permanently and and walk away from the mission field
0: so that was you got to talk about that transition a little bit though because a lot of people who are in business want to be in ministry and a lot of people are in ministry. Yeah want to be in business that happens all the time. And yep. you know, from being in both that you could serve God equally anywhere you go. Absolutely. But talk about the transition of like, you're a missionary you're seeing church planning, all the stuff, probably some crazy God stories there. And you come back to serve the family business. And how did you, was that something you had to reconcile your faith and go, okay, no, this is good to serve my dad. I'm, this is God too. Or did you have to go on a journey to find God in it
2: no I think it's one of my life scriptures is Romans 814 those who are sons of God are led by the spirit of God yeah and part of, part of the transition back here was uh we were we were being led by peace there, there's a this is a legacy family business you know it's not a large business it's somewhere in the middle of medium and large and and you know we're coming on to 78 years being in a wow family own. I'm a third generation owner. There hasn't been any other owners. There are no shareholders. It's my father and I. And before that was my father and my grandfather. So it, it just it felt right. Mm. And you said it earlier, Sean, that you you learn as you mature in the Lord that God can use you anywhere. You don't need to be in a jungle. You don't need to be at a Bible college. You don't need to be pastoring a church. Uh, those are all positions that one's called to and there's a grace to do that there's a grace to shepherd a flock there's a grace to live in the mission field and there's also a grace to run a business and um Mm -hmm. you know i just i I would just say because it's on my heart to say it right now that if there's any young owners out there building a business taking over a family business um be led by peace peace is your empire right and you've got to know um that you're called to do it, and if you are, give it with everything you have you know hebrews four sorry six eleven or six twelve talks about not being sluggish, you know, just to press into the promise and 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 I've had to learn that it's it's you know you can't just check that box and not become sluggish. you can't just you know go to school and take a course on how to endure <laughs> you, you 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 build this through patience you build it through long suffering you build it through learning the leading of holy spirit and and yeah. the gifts of the spirit and you know here i am 46 about to have a birthday next month and and been serving the lord for 25 years and i feel like i've learned more in the last 2 years than the first 20 yeah that. <laughs> wow. you know that. but i i think that's just the way it goes you know you you learn by trial and error and 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 um you know the enemy wants to come in and tell us it's nothing but error, 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 and you're a failure, and you can't do this. You know, as uh, full transparency leading up to this podcast, I said to my wife, like, they asked me to do this. I I didn't go looking for this. I'm not really sure why I'm <laughs> I'm going to be on a podcast, uh, you know. <laughs> but I mean, you know, uh, the truth is, is I believe whether it's tomorrow or six months from now, that Holy Spirit's going to use these words and grab a hold of some hearts and and whether it's one person or a thousand people someone needs
1: to hear this it's a, it's exactly right adam and 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 one of the things that i'd like to explore a little bit is you come back to the family business now you're the ceo now you're the owner now you're in charge you're you're bringing god's grace you're bringing the father heart of god to your business and you're steering the business in a way that the past generations had, but now in your own way. And how, how did, how was that relationship with your father as you started to have some different, different ideas, some different leading, some different way of leading.
0: Well, and you also had to lead through a pandemic and I'm sure your grandfather and father never had that experience of having to lead through a worldwide event like this. So even talking about that would be really cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And again, a lot of trial and error. Uh, You know, I bring a lot of ideas to them. Um, Some would work. (laughs) <laughs> many wouldn't you know what do you think about this what do you think about that well we've never done it this way before right or, oh well you know what you haven't been through a couple global recessions like i have so you know there's there's really good um advice and experience from him yeah um and 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 also you know i'm, I'm learning through stuff too and I'm, I'm trying to apply the word into a lot of this stuff faith um so yeah, hard, hard at times, probably more, more, f- um, failures than victories. But, uh, I think one of the biggest things I've learned the last few years, especially through this pandemic is, is the truth is whether you have one employee or a thousand employees, this is God's business. This is his business. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the steward. And I know you guys probably hear that a lot. Um, but you really have to have a revelation of this as an owner that yes, you're building it. Yes. You're working it. You're plowing the field. Um, but you know, I said to someone the other day, there's three things you need to get a harvest. You need sun, water, and good soil. And we're in in charge of putting the seed in the ground, but God's the one who grows it. He's the one who brings the sun and the water. There's only so much we can do. And, and, the sooner you can get that in your heart that yes, you're in control and yes, you answer to the banks and the customers and your employees, you've got to trust in the Lord. You've got to walk your path, Proverbs 3, of trusting the Lord with all your heart and knowing that when struggles come, failures come, uh, maybe financial failures, maybe maybe, uh, people failures, that at the end, if your heart, is to, to say yes to Him and lead or live a submitted, yielded life, which, man, I feel like I've had to learn that the hard way. Uh, it just, it gets easier knowing that He's the one providing solutions, not you. He's going to use you for That's this. That's good. Solution, but He's the one ultimately downloading the solutions to your heart through the Word, through prayer, through uh godly relationships
0: that's mm-hmm. no, so beautiful because i think of the pandemic obviously trucking was essential and so you had to make some choices to pivot and and change and really supply your country you know in canada at the same time i'm sure the challenges of that um you you had to rely on exactly what you're saying that faith that he's gonna bring the water and the sun in that in that that place i just i love that analogy and i love yeah. what you're saying because there's something about where we're at today for even business owners and for people who are starting businesses, it's different than any other time in history because there's different technologies, there's different political pressure, there's different people groups to please and not please, there's different way you know, we're doing things that maybe haven't been done before. I know the political climate in Canada is not the easiest one right now, no, uh, for a believer. So, I just think it's really in- inspirational that you're going after it and that you're you're you have this workforce that you're trying to steward with Jesus, with his voice, with his heart. And I think a lot of people can learn from that. So I'm really glad you shared your story today.
2: Yeah, thank you.
1: Well, Adam, once again, thank you for thank you for being here. I know you said this isn't your wheelhouse, but we wanted you on this podcast because of your story. And we're just honored to have you. Thanks again for being with us.
2: Oh, no, thanks for the invitation.
1: Up next, final thoughts with Sean and Bob.
0: If you're enjoying the podcast, I wanna encourage you to become one of our supporters and this is made available by generous donations by people just like you, or you can become a monthly partner. And we want to sew back into you. We give resources. We give partner-only content. So I'm going to encourage you to go to bullsministries.com and sign up now.
1: Welcome back to Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. Sean, that was such an interesting interview.
0: Yeah, and I think if you read between the lines over owning a trucking company in the pandemic, that's, you know, third generation. And having to respond to all the challenges, but still be thriving. And he didn't talk about the fact that they're thriving, they're growing, they're doing better now than they've ever done. And that's that's huge that he's been able to navigate the company through one of the hardest times in history. And he mentioned it was unionized, so I'm sure that was a big challenge as well. But Canada is not easy. And there's everything from the the extreme politics that have been happening recently, sort of run a, a business as a conservative or as a Christian would also probably be challenging because you either have to be in stealth mode or vocal mode. You can't be in between. So I just think it's really, you know, shows that people right now who are running businesses and going after it, that you could do it in any environment or climate as a Christian if you just follow God.
1: Exactly. And the other thing that really hit me is it's a third generation business. And I've consulted with, and I know you have, Sean, with family businesses, and it's really hard to get to the second generation, much less the third generation. And so, you know, he talked to us, uh, you know, after and before the show about his relationship with his dad and how he's honored his dad and and how he saw his dad honor his grandfather. And I think, you know, you gave him some really, really encouraging advice saying, you know, the next generation, you're going to be such a good you know, father to your son or daughter who take over the company, and and I think when you think about legacy like that, we talk about legacy in the yeah. Lord, and 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 we talk about the generations in the Lord. But here we're seeing an example of of a thriving business that I think he said was seventy four or seventy five years old. Yeah, it's,
0: it's a long term business, and I think there's a challenge with generational businesses where a lot of the parents don't make it easy and they don't make it appealing to take over the business. And Mm -hmm. so even if the kid wanted to, which most kids don't wanna take over their family business, even if the kid wanted to, usually they're so turned off by the style or the business ethics or whatever they're seeing that they're in full on rebellion from that idea. So the fact that he was able to do it, I see that more in Asian countries. Asian countries, I see people take over their family businesses really well, sometimes in developing nations, but in Western countries, especially in Northern America, a lot of businesses do not get handed over to their family and if they do they don't last very long. So the fact that there's three generations and it's actually thriving the best it's ever done is pretty re- remarkable.
1: Right. He 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 navigated the pandemic. He he navigated supply chain issues, hiring issues with, you know, they're they're having the same issues in Canada that we're having here finding good employment. So so I think, you know, for all of us running businesses or ministries or nonprofits you know, we're we're dealing we're dealing with, with the same headwinds right now. And yeah, you know, it was just so good to hear him talk so vulnerably and honestly and transparently transparently about his his uh his process.
0: But I want to go into one more part of his process that I think you, the viewers, can really relate to, which is he followed peace. And I think you and I have talked about that quite a bit, which is we're not made for war all the time. We're not made for a battle on every corner, we're not made for contention and relationships we're made for peace i mean ultimately we we're made for peace and i think there are certain people who grow out of drama oh, and then they repeat that over and over and over and they think mm-hmm. that that's awesome because they get to this incredible place but they don't like themselves or their life in that place yeah. but the christian life that we're supposed to live is to actually grow in love and in kingdom values and it doesn't mean that there's not battles but we're resilient to peace not resilient to more battles And I think that that's what a lot of people don't think about. So if you're a viewer listening to his message, Mm -hmm. I thought that was a profound message for somebody in the midst of always gone through to bring up.
1: I I did too. One one of the things in talking to him, I know that there was litigation and uh, you know, through the litigation, he prayed for the people that they had to litigate against. And once it was over, the people came back to him and asked for forgiveness. And my gosh! and he said, Hey, it's already done. We forgave you in the beginning, but we prayed our way through this. Wow. And, and so it's just a, it's just the neatest story and i'm I'm really, really glad we we got to listen to him because i I agree that that pursuing peace was really, really an amazing thought from him.
0: Well, I'm glad we got to have the show today, and I'm glad you're with us viewing or listening. I want to encourage you guys to subscribe to our YouTube channel or to our podcast. And make sure to watch us on CBN News. We're on every weekend, both Saturday and Sunday night. And we'd love to be part of your journey in growing and hearing God's voice and growing and understand the marketplace and what God's doing right now. This is a great narrative that's gonna boost your faith every week. So join us right here on Exploring the Marketplace.
1: See you next time.
2: For those of us who wonder what God has designed us for, do you have any suggestions for discerning God's will in our profession?
0: (laughs) That's, That's a great question. That's a great question.
2: So I started a business with a friend of mine who was a Christian out of our house. Mm. And it was it was directly mm. related to that conviction that God gave me. When people look at my track record of being insanely profitable with my Holy Ghost model, made so much <laughs> money, they will say, "Yeah."
0: I love the the favorite thread that, that is coming through, just as far as like you know, being filled with opportunities that you didn't create yourself, that you just walked with God.